Eddie Cantor got his start with the Ziegfeld Follies and started in radio in 1931. He became one of the radio's biggest stars for the next 20 years. He also made it in the movies and television. When World War II started, Eddie Cantor supported and entertained our troops tirelessly. He made several trips to Europe, and he actually played a role in the helping of getting people on boats to safety. On October 2, 1940, Cantor starred in an NBC radio network program entitled The It's Time to Smile Show. It was a comedy musical variety program that featured many of the best stars of the era, uh, like Ida Lupino, Betty Hutton, Sean Charles Thomas, Andy was the person who gave Dinah Shore her stat on radio as he signed her for his show as a regular. She often complimented him years later for teaching her self-confidence, comedic timing, and the variety of ways to connect with an audience. On the It's Time to Smile program you're about to hear from January 15, 1941, Eddie's guest is Phil Harris, the director of the orchestra on the Jack Benny program, and a singing and acting talent in his own right. Alum Radio, a different kind of oldies program, now rebroadcasts the It's Time to Smile show, starring Eddie Cantor with his guest Phil Harris. I'm your host for Alum Radio, John Lovering, and I thank you for listening. Consider this your invitation to return. There are many, many programs from many genres posted on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Ipana for the Smile of Beauty and Sal Hepatica for the Smile of Health present It's Time to Smile! It's time to smile, it's time to smile, it's time to wear a grin. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Gosh, I'm tired. I never was so worn out. Eight sets of tennis, high diving off a 60-foot board, swimming underwater, six rounds of boxing, four chuckers of polo, two miles of steeplechase jumping. Oh, what you have to sit through in those newsreels. Oh. <laughs> Look, not, not that I'm against athletics. I couldn't be. All Hollywood is athletically inclined, especially bowling. You should have seen me last night. <laughs> I walked into a bowling alley dressed in shorts. The manager took one look at my legs and yelled, Hey, boy, put those pins back on the alley. <laughs> I said to one woman next to me, Pardon me, lady, but do you always bowl with a bustle? She said, Bustle, that's muscle. <laughs> you know, an- another Hollywood craze is roller skating. Of course, my skating isn't so good. I spent most of the time the other night on the floor. I had so many splinters in my pants. When I was leaving, I heard one woman say, Look, a Popeye porcupine. <laughs> of course, on weekends, Hollywood moves up to Sun Valley for the winter sports. Skating and skiing. Did I stay at a swanky place last week? The clerk spoke with a monocle in his throat. You know one of those fellows? I beg your pardon, sir, but are you here for the sheen? I said, sheen? Who do you think I am, Phil Harris? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going skiing. <laughs> 
course, at Sun Valley, they specialize in midnight skiing parties and St. Bernard dogs with brandy around the necks. They come out in case you get snowbound. I was stuck in a snowdrift for two hours before one of the St. Bernards found me. I kept pleading with him, begging him for brandy, but not a drop would he give me. It was after two o'clock and he didn't want to lose his license. (laughs) And the next morning, the next morning, I went ice skating. Oh, what went on? I was on my back so often. So often I was on my back. One fellow walked up to me and said, okay, bud, you'll do. I said, wait a minute, who are you? He answered, Joe Lewis's manager. <laughs> you can, really, you can believe it or not, but, oh, hello? This is the Bank of Beverly Hills. Did you call us? Oh, yes, look, a certain Mrs. Flounder wants to put up the money for a picture I'm going to produce, and she claims that she has $10 million deposited in your bank. Is that true? All we've got is $9 million and 10 cents. However, the $9 million does belong to Mrs. Flounder. Well, that's fine. But tell me, what is the 10 cents for? You forget, Mr. Cantor. We also handle your account. <laughs> well, $9 million. Oh, will I produce a picture with Harry Bonsell and Dinah Shaw? Did you call me, Mr. Cantor? Well, Dinah Shaw. Well. is how I'm going to be in your picture, Mr. Cantor. I've been working mighty hard with my diction teacher. A diction teacher, huh? Is he good? He's plenty good. He sure did get rid of my southern accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, indeed. And every night I've been learning hundreds and hundreds of new words. You're wasting your time, Dinah. If you want to get along here in Hollywood, all you have to know is one word. Yes? That's it. <laughs> look, look, Dinah, now that you're going to be in my picture, I want you to get around and be seen in the right places, mingle with the right people. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm taking care of that. Last Friday, Harry Von Zell took me to the Hollywood Legion Stadium to see the fight. Yeah? Gosh, it was crowded. Harry could only get one seat, so he gave it to me. Well, Harry is a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, but it sure was hard to see the fights with him sitting on my lap. <laughs> well, it was pretty crowded. You know, I couldn't get a seat myself, Dinah. I know. I saw you walking up and down the aisles. Yeah. You had some kind of a tray strapped around you. Well, I figured as long as I was walking in the aisles, I might as well sell a few bags of peanuts. You know what I mean? <laughs> but tell me, Dinah, how, how did you like the fights? Well, to tell you the truth, I didn't see them. I was too busy looking for celebrities. You too? Everybody goes to the Hollywood Legion Stadium just to see the stars. Even the fighters are impressed by celebrities. Last month, one fighter took a terrible licking. Four times he was knocked into Wallace Beery's lap. Finally, he looked at his opponent and said, Look, I don't mind being knocked out of the ring, but the next time, Amy at Lana Turner, will you? <laughs> Tell me, Dinah, was Von Zell looking at the celebrities too? Oh, no, but they were looking at him. Yeah? He sure did look cute in his red tuxedo with a neon button. Neon button? Yeah! <laughs> Bonzel certainly has gone Hollywood. <laughs> How do you do? How do you do, everyone? So nice of me to drop in, don't you think? <laughs> well, if it isn't glamour, push Bonzel. Well. <laughs> well, you've really gone Harrywood, haven't you, Holly? Uh, uh, ho- <laughs> Hollywood, haven't you, Harry? Well, I don't know why you say that, Eddie, just because I bought some clothes and a card. Yeah, that's all right, Harry, but having your dog stand in front of the brown derby with a beret and sunglasses, that's no good, you know. That's no good, Harry. Well, I'm only doing it to get publicity for our picture, you know, Eddie. Here, take a look at this paragraph in Winchell's column about me. Yeah, what is, let's see that. Right here. What star was seen holding hands with whom in which restaurant when? That's me. <laughs> have a terrific pull with Winchell. Oh, well, here, that's nothing. Look, look at this. 
Look at this picture of me I had taken with Mrs. Roosevelt. Yeah, I don't see Mrs. Roosevelt in this picture. Did she go away again? <laughs> Look. Look, Harry, this glamour stuff is all right, but to be a success in pictures, you've got to work hard, kid. Oh, well, I know that, Eddie. I've been going to Dinah's diction teacher, you yeah. know. He taught me how to do Shakespeare. Really? Yeah. Let's hear a hunk of Shakespeare. All right. <clears throat> Romeo, Romeo. Wherefore is you all, Romeo, I reckon? <laughs> oh, stop with that exaggeration. A real southern accent, Harry, is music to the ear, but that acting of yours is atrocious, oh, believe me. Oh, my acting is atrocious. You made a test last week with Rita Hayworth, and you couldn't even kiss her right. You had to do it over eight times. That's pretty stupid. Yeah. Had to kiss her eight times, and that's stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Harry, I can teach you plenty. Don't allow Hollywood and this California sunshine to go to you. I'm glad we got sunshine today so it makes the joke good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Eddie. People certainly do a lot of wacky things here in Hollywood. It's the people, not the sunshine. To me, Harry, there's nothing like sunshine. Yeah, what's the matter with snow? Mr. Guffey! Mr. Guffey! Snow is nothing, huh? Nothing. I didn't mention snow. Oh, I wouldn't mention snow. My poor brother, after 23 years, he finally got a little job shoveling snow. Now Candor wants to throw him out of work. Guffy, let your brother shovel snow day and night, night and day. Let him shovel. Break his arm. Fine thing. Who's going to pay the hospital bill? Hospital? What hospital? Oh, we should let him lay in the middle of the street and freeze, huh? <laughs> I wouldn't let him lay in the middle of the street. Your brother doesn't belong in the middle of the street. Should be in the gutter, huh? <laughs> my brother, my poor brother, frozen in the snow, and Cantor stands there gloating over him. Wait a minute. Come on, Guffy. Let's pick him up. You and I will carry your brother home right this minute. Oh, won't even wait till he thaws out first, huh? <laughs> you want to throw him into his house stiff. But I wouldn't let your brother go home stiff. Oh, you don't want, to, don't want his wife to recognize him, huh? <laughs> Fine thing. For $4 a week, I got a stutter yet for you. <laughs> Two characters I am. Let your brother thaw out. Let the snow go. Let's never have any more snow. Listen to him. No snow. He begrudges people who enjoy a sleigh ride. Who's stopping him? Let people go sleigh riding. Believe me, Guffy, I am crazy about sleighing. A murderer. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> more ways than one. Me, a murderer? I wouldn't kill a fly. I wouldn't kill a flea. I would even let a measly termite live. Go on, hint. <laughs> Fine guy, this canter. He envies my poor brother a job, so he's against snow. I am not. I hope it starts snowing right now so your brother can make money. Let your brother shovel it. Let it pile up in banks. Say it. My brother should have frozen assets. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Duffy, all I said at the beginning was I like sunshine. Fine thing. He likes sunshine. Here in the South, people are roasting with the heat. But in the Midwest, it's 20 degrees below zero. That's good, huh? No, it's bad. Oh, the three weeks of rain they had up north. That's good. No, no. When it's hot, the south is unbearable. When it's below zero, the Midwest is terrible. And when it rains, the north is awful. Go on. Knock the country you're living in. <laughs> A fifth columnist he is yet. Please, Guffy, I love America. And I love sunshine. Every day, I take a two-hour sun bath. And I'm going to keep on doing it till I'm baked a deep, dark brown. Now he wants to throw Rochester out of work. <laughs> That was Mr. Guffey, the man who gives aspirin a headache. <laughs> and here is the Southland's own Dinah Shaw singing Number 10, Lullaby Lane. Wasn't it a lucky 
kissing that we got caught in the rain and found ourselves on the doorstep of number 10 lullaby lane and wasn't it a lucky thing the man came out to explain that we were just the right people for number 10 lullaby lane he told us we could move right in if we would sign a lease but when we said we weren't wed he said he was also the justice of the peace so if you're in the neighborhood and you get caught in the rain you'll find us waiting to greet you at number 10 Could you tell me where I could Hello, find... Hello, Professor. Eddie, this is Professor Fields, my diction teacher. How do you do, Professor? How Professor, you know? I asked you over here because I intend saying something very important later on in the program, and I wanted to check my diction with you first. Uh, what is it uh, you intend uh, saying? <laughs> well, uh, I just wanted to remind our listeners that the soft, well-cooked foods we eat nowadays, delicious as they are, rob our gums of the exercise and stimulation they need for firmness and health. And as a consequence, they often become more susceptible to gum trouble, you see. Uh-huh, go on. And that's why thousands of dentists recommend massage with Ipana toothpaste. Because Ipana is not only unsurpassed for cleaning and brightening teeth, but when used with massage, is especially designed to aid the gums to healthy firmness. Yes, and... Uh... Well, since it's a fact that you can't have a really radiant smile unless you have both sparkling teeth and healthy gums, I'd like to suggest that our listeners buy a tube of Ipana toothpaste at the drugstore tomorrow. And use it faithfully. Well, Harold, you sound sincere and honest. Well, I am. Why, do you know that the 1940 National Survey revealed that more dentists recommend Ipana toothpaste for their patients' daily dental care than the next three dentifrices put together? So it's only logical that I say, ladies and gentlemen, give your smile the same care so many dentists give their own, with Ipana and massage. Well, Professor, how's my diction? Hmm. How much would you charge to coach me? <laughs> well, Harry, here we are. Mrs. Flounder certainly put up a lavish movie studio for us. Look at the sign on the door. Flounder production. Daryl Cantor, president. Let's go in. Good afternoon, Flounder Productions. What you say? You'd like to place an order? You see that, Harry? Probably a big movie distributor wants to buy from Flounder. I'm ready for your order. Five pounds of mackerel, three pounds of codfish, and one barracuda. Listen, mister, this is an Eddie Canna picture company, not a fish market. What did he say? He said, how can you tell? <laughs> Fresh guy. Hey, Eddie, this is some office. There must be at least 15 telephones on your desk. Yeah, I'm a pretty busy man. Head of a million-dollar picture company. Oh, there's the phone now. Hello? No, wrong phone. Hello? Wrong phone. 
Hello? Hello, Cantor. How about the last payment on your car? Wrong phone. <laughs> well, Harry, let's get down to business, will you? If you're going to be the leading man in this picture, I've got to know one thing. Yes? Can you act? Can I act? Can I act? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fine question. Can I act? You'll find out when we start shooting. Yeah. Hello? Mr. Cantor, please be a little more quiet in your office. We're shooting Philadelphia Story next door. What are you talking about? Philadelphia Story was released weeks ago. It was? What did I tell you, Miss Hepburn? Stop acting! <laughs> Look, Eddie, I'm anxious to know who's going to be my leading lady. Oh, I'm glad you reminded me, Harry. I'll call my secretary. Hmm, there's so many buttons here, I don't know which one to push. I'll try this one. <laughs> what are you laughing at? That button is on my vest. <laughs> oh, here's the button. Yes? Will you get me the Paramount Studios on the phone? Here it is, sir. So fast? Hmm. Hello, Paramount Studios, office boy speaking. Look, this is Eddie Cantor. I'd like to get in touch with Dorothy L'Amour. So would I. <laughs> <laughs> what goes on here? Such a business, this movie industry. Mr. Cantor, yep. here's a message that just came in from Mrs. Flounder. Let me see it. Oh, Harry, bad news for you, kid. What? Mrs. Flounder has decided to get a new leading man. I knew it. I knew it. All day I've had a feeling that something was going to happen... I had this same feeling the day that Dick Tracy got his nose caught in the coffee grinder. <laughs> now, Harry, don't carry of on. all the nerve. Who's going to be the leading man instead of me? Who is it? Well, Harry, there's a guy in Hollywood that all the women fall for, and I guess Mrs. Flounder fell for him, too. Phil Harris. Oh, that one. Well, he's very handsome, Harry, and he's got curly hair. Oh, yeah. I could have curly hair, too, if I wanted to stay up all night and finger wave it. <laughs> That, but don't think I'm mad about it. Why no. should I be mad? <laughs> mad. I, I like Phil Harris. I like him very much. Phil is a gentleman and a scholar, and he's an artist. And he's the original Beverly Heel. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Mr. Cantor? Yep. Is it true that Phil Harris is going to be in the picture? That's right, Dinah. He's on his way over here now. Gosh. I'm crazy about Phil Harris, Mr. Cantor. Yeah. He uses such big words. Yeah, and sometimes in the right places, too. <laughs> now, look, Dinah, I know Phil Harris. He has a reputation as a ladies' man, a fast worker. There's no telling what he's apt to do. You mean he'd have the nerve to walk in here without an introduction and start kissing me? I hope. <laughs> well, don't you worry, Dinah. Come in. Hiya, small time. Phil Harris! Well, well, what have we here? Hiya, baby. Dinah! Dinah! Will you ask Phil Harris? Will you ask Phil Harris to stop kissing you? You tell him yourself. I don't talk to strangers. <laughs> Phil, you walk into a place and right off the bat you kiss a girl? That's me, that palpitating, percolating papa from Pomona. Oh! <laughs> Say, look, um... Cantor, let me tell you something. What do you want to know, Phil? Listen, Eddie, uh, what's this turkey I'm supposed to be the leading man in, and who is the lucky leading lady? Look, I'm willing to get you any leading lady, Phil, but if you'll take my advice... Listen, Cantor, I'm a dinosaur of women. Now, look. <laughs> what do you know about them? What do I know about women? Phil, 
I've been around more girls than you without even leaving my house. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Bill Harris, I'll tell you the type of girl I like. Give me a girl with black flashing eyes, ruby red lips, blonde wavy hair, a figure like Betty Grable, and... I'm pretty fussy for an old fossil, ain't I? <laughs> now, what type of a girl do you like, Phil? Well, Eddie, give me a girl. Yes? That's all. Give me a girl. <laughs> well, you certainly meet a lot of them. It's probably your splendid education. That's right, Eddie. You know, I've been going to night school. Go ahead, ask me a question. You know who said, give me liberty or give me death, Patrick, Henry? Huh? Look, um, <laughs> tell you another thing. I'm good at all them subjects except arithmetic. I got a man teacher in that dragon. <laughs> It's a very dull subject, arithmetic with a man teacher. Yeah, but I'm all right, you know. You know, when I graduate, I might go to that big college in England. Eaton? No, thanks. I'm not hungry. Who needs a band? <laughs> Phil, did you by any chance major in ignorance? Listen, Jackson. And don't call me Jackson. I'm sorry, but I'm not Jack Benny. You're sorry. How do you think your sponsor feels? <laughs> uh... Excuse me, Eddie, I, I had to mention Jack Yeah, or otherwise he pays you no salary this week, huh? Now, wait a minute, Cantor I won't have you saying that my Jackson is cheap Listen, Phil I happen to know that Jack Benny won't even buy himself a hat You mean he doesn't wear a hat? No, he just sews a brim on his toupee Oh <laughs> Look, Phil I want to give you a test for a part in this picture So while we're setting up the cameras The Edgar Fairchild singers present Oh, dear, what can the matter be? <laughs> just reminded me, you know, our picture is going in for music in a big way. In fact, it's going to have three great singers in it. Dinah Shaw, Little Olive Major, and uh, <clears throat> me. Say, wait a minute, Tibbet. Don't forget me. I'm in it, and I make with a vocal jive, too. But good. Make that four singers. We'll compromise. Three and a half, huh? Oh, Eddie, don't wait. Don't forget me. Remember, I sing, too. You will dip me in rubber and hit me for a hockey puck. <laughs> <laughs> you! <laughs> Look, how come I never heard you singing on this show, Von Zell? Ken is afraid you steal his stuff, huh? I am not. I've offered to let Harry sing, but he said he'd much rather spend the time helping people, telling them a way to feel better faster by taking salopathica. Wouldn't you, Harry? Yes, Eddie, I would, because I believe it's most important that our listeners realize they don't ever have to put off taking a laxative when they need one. Not if they know about speedy salopathica. Because, ladies and gentlemen, salopathica brings gentle relief, usually within an hour. And remember this, too. Salopathica is more than a speedy laxative. It also helps reduce excess gastric acidity. Helps turn a sour stomach sweet again. That's why it's easy to understand this fact. Three out of every five physicians recently interviewed recommend Sal Hepatica. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't put off getting a bottle of this famous saline laxative at your druggist's. For then you need never put off taking a laxative the moment you need one. See if you don't thank the day you switch to gentle, speedy Sal Hepatica. <laughs> 
Now, Phil Harris, look. Uh-huh. You'll have to prove to me that you're a dramatic actor. We'll run over this once. It's the outstanding scene of the picture where your father is sick, but very sick. I play the father, and you come in to cheer me up. Oh, boy, I'll spring a few nifties on that old character, and he'll go to sleep like he was under an antiseptic. Yeah. <laughs> look, antiseptic is something that kills germs. Are you playing the father? Yes. Hop in bed. <laughs> All right, Phil. Now, let's get on with the scene. Now... I'm an old man lying here in bed waiting for my son. Oh, you poor man, you're so sick. I don't mind the miseries, nurse, as long as my boy is a-coming to me. Uh, Oh, now, don't (laughs) Don't you worry. Any minute your son will be here to cheer you up. Well, nurse, how is the old goat? Not so good, son. I can't last much longer. Ah, take it easy, Pop. Here. I brought this flower especially for you. Mighty sweet of you, son. Just lift up my head so I can smell the flower. Sure, Pop. There. Now, is the flower right close to your nose? Yes, son. Okay. Oh! Oh, squirt it right to your puss in a poppy. Man, he's in pretty bad shape. Well, wait a minute, nurse. Now, nurse, don't just stand there. He needs a shot in the arm. Give him a hypochondriac. <laughs> it's the wrong word, son. I don't need. I don't need a hyper. I need a little happiness. Oh, that's too bad, Pop. Because I was going to take you to the Wiltshire Bowl. No minimum, no cover, and no entertainment. <laughs> Phil, my boy, I'm a sinking fast. But I made out my will, and I'm a leaving you. Yes, Dad? That's all. I'm a-leaving you. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, but I'm a-leaving you and right now. No, don't leave me, son. Please don't leave me. Ah, uh, Pop, you know I wouldn't leave you. Why, I'll stay here till the cows come home. Because day by day I love you moo and moo. <laughs> moo and moo. Bill, how could you? No. Oh. <laughs> all right, son. We milked that long enough. All right. Come on, phone. Oh, I'll take it, Eddie. Hello? Yes, this is Filthy. Well, uh, well, I don't know, Sugar. What time is it now? Well, wait a minute. Hey, Pop, how bad do you feel? I'm pretty low, son. Oh. Well, uh, look, Sugar, how about between 8.30 and 9 at the Wilshire Bowl? What's that? Well, I'll ask the old man. Look, Pop, she wants to know definitely. <laughs> look, son, if it'll help you any, I'll try to kick off in 15 minutes. <laughs> Well, thanks, Pop. All right, sugar. 8.15 on the nose. Well, hello, doctor. Say, what's with this thing? boy, there's only one thing that'll save your father. A transfusion. Will you give him one? A transfusion, will I? Say, if I can go to the union every morning and give one to Skinny Ennis, I certainly can give one to my old man. <laughs> what you say, Pepsi-Cola? Pepsi-Cola? Yes, that's my pop. <laughs> Prepare the patient for a transfusion. But now, Doc, look, it's over a half an hour since I gave my pop that good old Harris blood. Now, how's he doing? Will he pull through? Well, then let's open the door and peek in. My word, your father is doing the rumble with my nerves. That's that good old Harris blood. (laughs) Well, pop... Now, can I have my date at the Wiltshire Bowl? Wait, son, I'll take along the nurse and we'll make it a double date. But, Pop, you don't know anything about her. You can look at her uniform and see that she's a nurse girl. That's good old Harris Blood! Yeah! Yeah!
That's the scene, Phil. And while I don't think so much of your dramatic ability, <laughs> I still want to thank you for dropping in on my program. Oh, that's okay, Eddie, and I'd like to precipitate. <clears throat> I, uh... <laughs> precipitate? Yeah, you know, Eddie, sometime I want you to come over on my program. Your program? Well, do you think there's room? Room? I'll make room. I'm like this with Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Phil. Well, what are you waiting for? What am I waiting for? My check. What check? Jack Benny told me you would work for a song, and here it is. <laughs> it has never been my ambition to write a famous book or paint a mural. The life that I prefer is strictly rural. Let me live down on the farm. With a milk pail on my arm And a rooster for my alarm All the farmer in the dell All the farmer in the dell Goes to bed with the chicks Out there in the sticks Where life is really swell You will never smell Chanel On the farmer's coat lapel When the hay is new mown It's eau de cologne to the farmer in the dell he never goes to Broadway shows or buys his clothes in Paris. When the sheep are shorn and it's time for corn, he turns on the radio and gets Phil Harris. Lulu! <laughs> when the farmer's in the dell with a pretty damoiselle, there's always plenty of space to steal an embrace and the daisies never tell. I'm the farmer in the Eddie, I know that both you and your audience will be happy to hear the following message just received from the White House. It reads, quote, Eddie Cantor, Hollywood, California. You are cordially invited to appear at the presidential inaugural party in Washington on the night of January 19th. Please confirm. All good wishes, unquote. Well, Harry, I'm, I'm very happy to have been accorded this honor, and I'll be back next Wednesday to tell our listeners all about the inaugural. Until then, merrily we roll along, roll along, roll along. Merrily we roll along over NBC. Good night, neighbors. Good night, neighbors. Good night, neighbors. It's time to leave you now. Merrily we roll along. Don't forget to listen to Eddie Cantor same time next week. And in the meantime, remember the two products which make this program possible. Ipana for the smile of beauty, Sal Hepatica for the smile of health. Ipana and Sal Hepatica. <laughs> Within the next minute or two, you may join your Mr. District Attorney, who is about to begin a most baffling murder mystery, the case of the locked room. So stay tuned to this station. Good night.